I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, the word is out. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 700. A milestone. Wait. No, it's an actual milestone. A milestone. A milestone. Uh, Chattanooga cha-cha. What is this? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Sure. Sure. I always get it wrong. It's tradition. So it's weird. We hit 700. And uh, and Joe's not here. And Joe's not here. So instead of trying to figure out a big specialty episode and what are we going to do for 700, it's like, well, if two, if one of the three people, I mean, originally we had five, then four, yeah. then three. It's so, like an Agatha Christie novel. Yeah. The non-racist <laughs> title. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. so it's like, yeah, let's not try to do the big specialty one now. So, you know, if we do a specialty one soon, why not have 701 or 702 be the celebration? You know, sure. it's like... It's 707, a, everyone's favorite airplane. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll do... Uh, what's a good airplane? We'll do airplane. There you go. <laughs> Airport. Airport. Yeah. Oh. But we, so we should introduce our guest because he's like, can I talk? Can I not talk? I don't know what the etiquette is here. But he's been on here, <laughs> he's been on here uh, many a times. But it's uh, Sharia Chavala. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me once again. And finally, I can talk. Yes. Ah! <laughs> Someday, I, maybe we should do this to Brad Hyen one time. We should have him on as a guest and then never introduce him. Introduce the very end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's all the time we have. Yeah. Thanks for joining. He'll, he'll be our Matt Damon, which is the only time everyone, anyone will ever compare Brad Hyen to Matt Damon. Oh. Does Brad do crypto ads? Like, once he starts doing that, then we should, you know. Did you guys see the uh, article online about Matt Damon's cameo artistry? Like, on the website cameo? <laughs> no. I was like, Is, are things that bad? It's bad enough he's selling cryptocurrency. Now he's on cameo? What happened? Uh, no, 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 no. So there's a thing called Harrow. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Help a Reporter Out. And you can sign up, and mm-hmm. every day you get, e- they send out three emails with all these different journalists. Yeah looking for people to answer specific questions and it can be on entertainment it can be on science it's just all over the map you know and then yeah. you can pick the categories that you're interested in there was one i think it was mel magazine and it was uh and it said looking for men who love goodwill hunting and and i'm just like is is that like a girl movie like is that a movie that men don't tend to like hmm 
I just thought Goodwill Hunting was a movie everybody loved. Like I, I think so too. I wonder if I wonder yeah. what the purpose of having a, maybe they have some kind of a discussion where they wanted to get a male perspective. I just because there's so little of that in the world. No, no, right, right. <laughs> but maybe there's a specific reason why the the discussion was going to go there. Because yeah, I don't think that movie right. has a. I, I just didn't know if, if there it. was something about Goodwill Hunting that I didn't like. If you're doing like, oh, we're looking for men who like Hallmark Christmas movies, okay, right? Like that, that I get. Mm-hmm. But huh. Goodwill Hunting, like Goodwill Hunting's great. Who doesn't? I haven't met anybody who doesn't like that movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, it's like Shawshank, or regardless something. of gender. Right. right. Like, yeah, it's just it's just a universally crowd pleasing film like i okay anyway interesting I just, yeah. well so back to matt damon cameo artist yes so you know matt damon's popped up in a lot of cameos and i didn't realize just how many but noah jatel wrote uh, a piece for the ringer and it's really good it's, it's it's it goes over all of his cameo roles and there's quite a few of them i mean i'm talking like a dozen i mean he's right. a big actor but he will show up in little movies as one scene roles and you know tiny cameos and so he goes through and details them and ranks them and 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 explains what he's doing in each one and the point is that matt damon doesn't just show up in a movie to do a cameo like oh it's matt damon like he shows up and acts in these scenes right right? he comes prepared to actually do whatever the role calls for so you know a lot of things are throwaway gags when it comes to cameos so it's interesting that he's such a big actor he's been in huge movies he's been in like the art house movies and then also the big studio movies like born and has become right. a, a star, but he will do these cameos. I guess he just loves to do it. And he helps out his friends who ask right. him. obviously Kevin Smith many times, the guys that did a uh, Euro trip, which I talked about on mm-hmm. one of the deep fried tacos. He went to college with them actually. The okay. Did that movie. So he showed up in Euro trip because of their relationship. And so check that article out again. It's on the ringer and it's, it's a really good read. I just think it's interesting because Sometimes I question that too. Like even in the Marvel movies. Now those are big movies, but right. that's Matt Damio in a in a gag Damio? base. Yeah, see, that's his that's his nickname. He's right? done so many cameos. <laughs> he's legally changed his that's name. It, to exactly. But, but that's Matt Damon. You know the thing that really surprised me about Matt Damon doing cam- a cameo yeah. in Thor. Spoiler. <laughs> is that it? Kind of then means that he can never be. An actual, an actual character, like mainstream right. hero in in a, in a Marvel movie, because he did this little thing. I mean, I guess if they really wanted to, they could figure out a way. But it seems like it it it, it definitely throws up a barrier mm-hmm. to him turning around and playing a, a reboot of Iron Man or something. Yeah, I, probably. But I, but on the plus side, I mean, I think the best example is like I think in Civil War there was Alfred Woodard at that one scene, and then she's a villain in Luke Cage. Like yeah, villain. yeah. So you're right. I they guess could probably they could work around it, but yeah. but I I agree though is that a lot of people when someone shows up for a small role in the MCU they say oh why did they waste them in that because right. look how many characters there obviously in comics there are thousands of yeah. opportunities to play these characters and so yeah but I just thought it was really interesting if you think about it and reading the article definitely opened my eyes to ones I didn't even know yeah and I'm like that is a lot of cameos for a, basically an A list actor he's yeah. a big name no he's absolutely an A list actor I I respect him for that I I don't like everything he's ever done but you know I what that's true of any anyone yeah but you know but you know he shows up i will say it does seem that he shows up for the role and, yeah and is prepared to do it i don't know of any matt damon cash grabs and i think just all the cameos well they're the crypto ads well those are not cash technically because they're <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. okay well then that chinese movie yeah the great wall well, there we go that was cash grab sorry that was cash grab but you don't think he showed up to Play? Oh, I, mean, I see. Paid, no, I, he I'm did just, what he was supposed that's to. That's what do. I'm saying. I but don't think that, he just took a. I don't think he's ever taken a ten. Or he didn't phone it in. Yeah, but the exactly. movie itself is a cash grab, and I'm sure that yeah. they threw a ton of money at him to yeah. do that. But he did not phone it in. Exactly, because okay. you know there's yeah. some actors that will take a five or ten million dollars to film a couple days or whatever, just yeah. literal cash grabs. And it's like you know Damon, first to his credit, I don't think he's ever done that, and he will show up just to help friends out or just to be in an interesting little role. And I, there's something to respect about that. No, I would agree. Yeah. So before we get into the movie, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave a review. We got not only the best review in the history of the show, but I would say maybe the best review in the history 
of podcast reviews. It's true. It's pretty great. You've got it pulled up. This is a five star review, which first off, if you want to be considered one of the greatest reviews in the history of the show, it's got to be five. stars. Yeah, we're not going to go, you know, oh, guys, check this out. This three star review was just popping. So uh, it says great podcast. Joe's mom bought a small piece of furniture from my wife and mentioned that her son was on a movie podcast. She said her son loves Star Wars and Marvel movies, which I also love. I was reluctant to listen at first, but was hooked very quickly. Very entertaining show and great insight into all of the movies. Thanks, guys. Would love to hang out. That's a great review. Yeah. That is an amazing review right there. And I love the just the the stars that had to align. Totally. For that who is that? It says Alexander's dad. Alexander's dad okay. on Apple Podcast. The, the just everything lined up perfectly for Alexander's dad to listen to the podcast through all those connections and you know to give them credit for even checking it out because okay, if some mom yeah goes to your furniture store or buys a furniture on Mark, whatever the situation is from your spouse. Oh, my son's oh, a my, nerd. He yeah. talks into his iPhone. You should listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> the fact that Alexander's dad is like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because that sounds like a mom being like, yeah, yeah, my son has a podcast. My guess is I feel <laughs> like he listened thinking, oh, this is going to be awful. Like. <laughs> I oh, have morbid curiosity. Like I have to hear how awful this is going to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, oh, they have a theme song that yeah. plays before their show." Oh, there's a whole thing there. <laughs> yeah, okay. They have guests like the Sharia Chavla yes. on the podcast multiple times, one and only. Yes. yes. So, so Ed, that is, I, I love it. I, it's such a great review. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad they found the show and are enjoying it. And, and thank you for the, the kind words. Like that is, if you haven't already changed your mind, he could have bailed by now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you know. oh, you, you can bail midway through. Episode. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It is not uh, beneath a guest to do it. I mean, it yeah. can happen. Yeah, we've had, we've had co-hosts do it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but no, that's great. And thank you. And, and that does help though, because when other people see five star reviews like that it lets them weed through all the podcasts because there are so yeah. many because anyone's son can do it and totally. it's not a knock like that's great that they can but it yeah. just means it's really hard to find ones because there's so many so that is the kind of thing that will help for sure and then uh also don't forget we have a facebook page facebook.com slash real spoilers uh you can join the league of show sharers which is the name of our group and we're also hoping you maybe actually share an episode in real life people who were kind enough to share an episode this week librarian cynthia heather Sachs, tammy sherman powers Gabriel Lugo, Julian Jordan, Josh Rosen, David Rojas, Brendan McGuckin, Tom Dowdy, Chris Falls, Glenn Cougar, Mellon Brewer, Chris Magic Man, Travis Tewitt, Chris Williams, geek to me Radio, The Manic Pixie Weirdo, Weirdo Podcast, Mike Mike and Oscar, In Session Film, Spoiler Piece Theater, Ryan Terry from the Fours of Crowd Podcast, Binge Movies, Ronnie Castle, Invasion of the Remake, Chris Wilson, Feel and Film, Minorities Report, and Matt Naglia. So thank you very much. We greatly appreciate that. And then finally, uh, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out and we like you more. So there's all that. Let's, uh, let's dig in. So I have never seen this director's other movie. I, has anyone seen Pecan? House here? Does my first marriage oh. count? <laughs> no, that's the title of a movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Cooper Rafe is the writer director of this film, and I have never seen his 2020 hit, or <laughs> at least indie darling, Pecan? House. And yeah. a lot of people have raved about it, and I didn't have time to go back and watch it because I, I kind of wanted to after this one. Uh, so I was curious if anyone did, but apparently mm. it, 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 you know, people liked it enough and liked it enough to let him make another movie. Met, let him make another one, exactly. So I liked this guy. I, I don't know what you guys, what your guys' first impressions were, but this movie reminded me a lot about because I'm, I'm kind of trying to classify this movie of like what type of film it is. It's like mumblecore adjacent. It would be right because when I when I was watching it, I was thinking mumblecore, and this is a guy that I don't know from that world, and maybe he hit the scene in 2020 and kind of became a part well, of it. I but... think like he made a short film which was turned into the feature film. I okay. don't want to say but house because I don't talk like that. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. But uh, I think part of the way he got the money for that is he. He posted it on YouTube and he tweeted it at Mark Duplass. Okay, so or one of them. They're the same guy in my head. I don't know. And uh, and so well, Jay and Mark Duplass are both okay. 
No, I'm just saying I don't remember which is which. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're an entity. Look, the Duplass it, brothers, <laughs> right? And I know they're not anymore. They're still brothers, but they're working separately now, oh. right? But uh, <laughs> but I've always there's certain they people, didn't get divorced. There from are certain dumb. people that get linked, and then I have trouble separating sure. them in my head. True story. When I was a kid, I I didn't know which one was Howard Cosell and which one was Muhammad Ali. Like I. I had to stop. I was like, because it, it. And you admit that. Freely. Yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't pay attention to sports. I just knew one was always talking to the other. Yeah. Like that's that. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, but he tweeted it at him or them and they liked it and that worked. Nice. OK. So Cooper probably is inspired by that type of filmmaking. That seems fair. Tweeted it at them and yeah. made a movie because I, my first thought was Mumblecore. Right. Uh, so I, you know, I like. Some of those can be hit or miss, I should say. Mm-hmm. I do like some of them. Some of them are a little too meandering, but right. I do like Slice of Life. Like I do Puffy like... Chair? Yeah. Where is that going? Yeah, some of it's I just... wanted to like it, but it was just like, w- w- that's that's it? We drove to a place and we drove back? <laughs> like, I can see. That. Yeah. So some of those are a little bit, uh, I don't know. They're too meandering for mm-hmm. me, but I do in general like that. I, I do like, I don't know if you'd call it Slice of Life, but I like, I like movies where people are figuring stuff out because yeah. I think everyone can relate to them, whether it be a relationship or job or obviously there's very rela- relatable thing, whether it's work or family or re- relationship, like people f- have to figure this stuff out. And so this movie reminded me a lot of Garden State, which is one of my favorite movies written and directed by Zach Braff. Have you guys seen that? A million years ago, yeah. Natalie yeah, Portman is uh, she plays the you know manic pixie dream yeah, girl. I saw it pre backlash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I like it. I know now people are like I don't know. It, it's weird because now people like to hate on the movie. Not I, I mean people still like it in general, but I I've heard some weird stuff about it, and I'm like I don't know. I I really liked. it. I saw it in theaters at the. Uh, Frontenac, you know, it was an art house, mm-hmm. only an art house movie, and I really liked it. So this reminded me of that, and it's just a writer-director that's starring in the movie, but he's trying to figure his stuff out. And I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was it, it helps that he's likable, yeah. and so you get sucked into this world. It's not a big story, but it's 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 to me, it played very much like a modern-day version of The Graduate. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, That is definitely. the best comparison, I would say. Yeah, that modern-day graduate thing. Yeah, thank you. I think I definitely felt like that. It's like, what if we made The Graduate, but people made good choices? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like, very, very much, exactly. Yeah. And that is kind of refreshing, too, because at the end of the day, I don't know, I'm not one that always needs a bow on it, or I mm-hmm. want to say happy ending. It's not that it's a sad ending, but like, I think, a, I think there's a point in time. I think older movies sometimes... It's kind of weird because it goes back and forth. I think sometimes really old movies would tack on a happy ending because sure. audiences needed that. Yeah. And then at some point they got away from that and it was like, no, we can do movies that are a little more bleak or unhappy. And then I feel like they kind of went back around to, oh, yeah, we want audiences to be happy. And so I don't always need to leave the theater being like, oh, the main character should leave with the victory. And I, yeah. I just, you know, totally happy. But I think there's so much to learn in between all that from the start to finish of this film. And he's grown as a person and all and and, yeah. and also what's healthy for you, like not to just totally jump ahead. But in the end of the film, it's like they've come to the realization that when you're at different parts of your life, you can't just you're not always going to be on the same wavelength as your partner or, right. or the person that you're interested in. Right. Yeah. And so even though it may not be like the happy ending, quote unquote, I think overall your life may flourish a bit more. If that makes sense. For sure. I think that's like, you've seen The Graduate, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's what makes the last shot of The Graduate so great is that they do give you the happy ending, and then it, but then it holds for like 15 seconds past the happy ending mm-hmm. where it's like, like a, like a dog chasing a car that finally catches it, and it's like, now what? And mm-hmm. it's, and there is that moment of like, is this happy? Like, what is this life really going to mm-hmm. look like? You had your, your big, grand gesture moment but like but now what and so this movie kind of inverses that yeah you know it just sort of addresses the abrasiveness of it a little more upfront because it's like hey you want to do all of these things you have this person you clearly like dakota johnson and you know you have you're trying to make all these rash decisions into trying to make stuff work with her or you know putting aside other stuff sacrificing other things but the problem is it's it's the immaturity of it of sorts, the sort of selfishness that's behind it. I like the fact that they don't shy away from that. They're he like Cooper, like he's clearly telling you, like, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know whether or not this is a good idea. It's probably a horrible idea. 
but I like the fact that they never shied away from that. So when he's kind of being a bit of a bit of a douche, like in some sequences, like it's like, well, yeah, because you don't really know. Yeah, for sure. And and neither does she like she sends a lot of mixed signals to him because she's interested but conflicted. And yeah. mm-hmm. and so she kind of keeps throwing herself at him and then throwing herself back. Yeah, and and it's interesting because this film operates with a couple of different parallels. In the beginning of the film, you see Andrew. He's 12 years old, and he's at a a party. Was it another bar mitzvah or just a party? I can't remember what that one was. I thought I just assumed it was a bar mitzvah. Okay, okay. So they're at a bar mitzvah, which kind of sets up what we'll be seeing the rest of the film. And there's this... um, like a party, he calls himself a party starter. This person is basically just running it like, like the, the DJ host. would. Yeah. yeah. Playing games with the kids and everything. And he goes to his mom and he says, I'm in love. And he's 12 years old. And this right. person running the party is probably, maybe she's 18 or 20 years young, but right. still like he's 12. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And he goes to talk to her after the party and you know and she's just like it's just funny some of the lines the way she she's like that's flattering but i'm old yeah <laughs> like it's very sweet and she wasn't like oh grossed out she's like i'm flattered but i'm old and it cuts flash forward to 10 years later so that starts off what i mean really that's the same as the ending the beginning and the ending are the exact same essentially <laughs> try and think about that right yeah. so that's the first parallel you get is it's like wow he they they showed us right up front what was going to happen he's again. got a thing for older women he does they should but that's essentially what it happens to him in the end spoilers uh but obviously there's a lot of good stuff to get through also his mom is stuck in this marriage it's leslie mann and brad garrett is like brad garrett's his stepdad and you get the sense that it's not like she is totally unhappy and hates Brad Garrett's character or anything, but like from this conversation between her and her kids, he also has a little brother who comes into the story. It feels like an arrangement. It, it's comfortable. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like they're not in sync fully. Yeah. And that he offers her a lifestyle and level of security. She is not able to achieve on her own. Exactly. Because the kids say, mom, are you happy? It's Andrew and his brother, David, they're talking to are you happy because they're like yeah he's kind of a you know he's kind of a jerk or whatever you know he's not great and she says something like i'm comfortable or i'm safe or i'm you know what i mean like she she dodges the question of are you happy and it's like i'm comfortable living here he provides for us yeah and it's like the i think you see that a lot in in relationships and that's also going to we're going to run into that very soon when we get to dakota johnson Mm -hmm. she's engaged to a lawyer and she has a nice house and they're able to provide for her daughter but clearly she's not happy. She's going out looking for happiness constantly throughout this film. I, th- I but I, I don't know that she's not happy. Like, I, I, I think the movie wants you to, to question whether or not she's happy. But I think when you get to the end, I think it's there's uh, an excitement level when you're in a new relationship. Mm. And then that that levels off. And so this guy's new and shiny. I mean, because that's what she says. You're all possibilities. Yeah. Right. Like you're not that he's an infinite number of possibilities, yeah. but that but that his existence for her is nothing but possibilities. Like there's there's been no realism to their yeah. relationship thus far. And so it's very easy to think that the grass is greener with this guy, but that's not necessarily going to be the case if they were to go down that road things would get very real very quick and they'd have a thousand yard stare on the back of a bus just like the graduate yeah you know that's a good point it's interesting so the way i i liked that line a lot when she said that and the way i took it was not necessarily because he's a new relationship but it was like it's all a dream it's all a fantasy until it's a reality Mm -hmm. and so if they never date or even get to be together it can always be this this fantasy of oh what it could be and and you know and, and they're not living realistically like right. you said and so once you actually pull the trigger on that no matter what relationship you're gonna get the the fights and the you know the issues and just like with any relationship yeah. it's do, do you work through them or do you throw in the towel or you know how compatible are you um so i really liked that and and but it's interesting you read it that way i'll i'm curious what sharia thought because to me, I thought it was pretty clear that she was never going to be ha- totally happy, truly happy with this guy, that he provided for them just like the mother and Brad Garrett and gave them a nice house. And, and he's a lawyer. He makes plenty of money. But, I mean, she was engaged to this guy and she's 
going to cheat on him with Cooper or Andrew. She's going to go out to these clubs and she was with guys there partying. And it's like, I don't know that just because she got married that that would ever change. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he does end up moving his work closer so he doesn't have to be away as much. But, you know, in my mind, it's like, this isn't going to really work out between them. You know, I don't know. What do you think, Sharia? Conflict with Andrew throughout the entire movie because he's, of course, trying to figure out what his life is going to be. The moments with... Uh, Dakota Johnson, whose character's name I, I'm Domino. Like it's, it's Domino, right? Okay, so so Domino. I feel like there's a there's a point of like in her life where she seems to be on the cusp of it. Like, hey, do I want to try and go back to this, you know, sort of you know phase where everything is still uncertain and you know try to make some mistakes or or what happens next? Because I've lived through that phase and i know the fact that you know there there are some decisions and certain things that happen have to happen in order to reach you know this um this moment in your in your life so the way i kind of read the whole thing is that when at the end when she's telling him she's uh telling him i thought you know it's it's a good point it's like there are so many experiences and infinite possibilities that you have but the problem is you're the you're going into this expecting like things will work out a certain way, but life doesn't go that way. And so until you you have that happen to you, until you actually live out these years and start trying to jump to it, you're not going to quite understand what I'm talking about. And I don't want to rob you of that. Yeah. But she's been through that. So she obviously has a more perspective like, listen, I'm whether or not I'm going to be forever happy with this guy, you know, that's debatable. You know, we, we don't really get a clear indication of that and i think the movie doesn't even want to give us one but that kind of factors into it it's like that part is uncertain you can't fixate like okay i'll take you away from this guy and you have a daughter too i'll raise her everything's gonna work out perfectly it's a fairy tale yeah it's it's just not and and uh i mean i don't think reading it as her never being happy is is necessarily incorrect i but i feel like it's almost saying something about marriage in general that the two marriages we we see are both kind of like it's an arrangement of some sort and because because all but all marriages are right and and marriage is a constant negotiation Mm -hmm. and as long as it's serving the needs of those two people that's ultimately all that really matters and that you know it seems like kind of a bleak view on marriage though because i don't know that it is because if if those if the two people involved are are happy with that deal what you know this idea of marriage being like all about love is that's a relatively recent concept right like that's it, you know for years and years marriage was a business relationship you merge these two families and there's a dowry and you share property and, and I'm not saying we should go back to that by sure. any stretch of the imagination but I but I think I think both of these relationships that we see or marriages that we see they're a version of love they're mm-hmm. just not the Hollywood lovey-dovey version of love. Yeah. You know? And and the thing I like is that sometimes when you are trying to show a marriage that maybe isn't the happiest marriage or if there's problems, they show one of the spouses, usually the husband being abusive or, right. or having, uh, you know, anger issues or drinking issues or, you know, you got to get out of this. You're not happy or whatever. But to their credit, it's, they, it's not a it's not a bad situation. Right. I just didn't get that either of the women in those marriages were going to be truly happy, but I do feel like the husbands are, we're going to take care of them and the right. kids and care about them. It's not, you know, it's more than just a, an arrangement, but th- there was obviously a love there, but they didn't seem happy, but also the guys weren't, they didn't jerks. make the guys a villain to do it. Exactly. Right. It, like it, I really thought they were going to go that way with, with the husband. I can't remember Domino's husband's jo- name. Joseph, the jo- lawyer. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know, but they really show him in two separate instances being really nice. Keeping his cool when he could. Have yeah. Not. And, and, and one of those instances he, or I, I should say then a third in- instance, he was really mad and threatened and he still was nice. Yeah, which I thought that was an interesting yeah. head fake because we are totally. so programmed to be like, and I mean. And a good performance from him that you could see all of that going on, right? He, yeah. You know, he was clearly threatened by by Andrew and didn't like what was going on, but to the best of his knowledge, it hadn't gotten far enough to where he could actually make a stink about it, but you could still see that like he's like, this ain't cool. I don't dig this. I, I will also say that there's only one relationship we see from the inside, and that's that's 
Andrews and Dominoes. The other relationships, I'm not really counting Maisie as a relationship, yeah. even though she was adorable. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what was the face, Sharia? <laughs> no, I was just like, right? She yeah, was. Right, yeah, yeah. I was the whole time, I'm like, Maisie, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, so the, uh, the other thing is we only see the mom and and the stepdad and domino and joe we only see their relationships from the outside yeah so it's it's easy for us to project unhappiness on them because that's all we see we don't see the other moments we don't see... i just see the way domino's acting I, if yeah. someone's happy I mean, she's engaged and she's out there she's clearly conflicted yeah yeah and and, and to me it felt like settling I, I totally get that read on it. And you're right. We don't see the inside of those relationships. But part of what I took away at the end that I thought was really cool was that Domino ends up giving Andrew the chance to find the happiness because if they get, if they got together, Andrew has, well, he's just starting a new job. And I know that we're jumping around. This is the end, but he's looking for a real job the whole time. He's working at a, like a, a meat food, sticks food court restaurant. Yeah. He's trying to do these parties that we'll get into, these bar mitzvahs and parties start and get paid a little there, but that's not really working out. And he's applying to jobs, but like he has these qualities about him where he just cannot keep his mouth shut, like making jokes. Like he just does not know when right. to. The same thing that makes him a great party starter makes him an <laughs> awful party starter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And interviewee, like <laughs> the stuff he blurts out, they're funny to us. I mean, it's well written and it's very funny, but it's like. You know, when you're when this guy's interviewing you for a job, yeah. he's like, yeah, I don't want someone saying this stuff. I want someone dependable. And so, but by the end of the movie, it's like he's just starting to figure his stuff out. And if he were to get together with Dakota Johnson, she doesn't have a job that I see. And they've got a child to take care of. And he doesn't, at this point, you know, he's just going to be starting a new job, but he doesn't even know at this point. So if they got together, where would they go? Are they going to live in right. his mom and Brad Garrett's basement like you know what i mean what future is that and i think when i talk about how these other marriages are kind of arrangements but that's not necessarily a bad a bad thing is that like th that's the pragmatic version of what makes a good relationship right like it's not just these two people love each other like what are these two gonna do yeah. if they ended up together like they're they're not equipped to to build a life together yet like he's working at meat sticks and party planning and she doesn't appear to do much of anything so like yeah what are they going to do so it doesn't on some level it doesn't matter if if they just have the most purest love in the world you still got to pay the rent yeah and i think that is what ultimately he mentions soulmates and it's a really cute line I, the little moments in this movie and there's a lot of them that's what i really love about it and other than the big picture just living in these little slice of life type moments and he's such a charming guy and and it's well written i mean he wrote a lot of these these uh charming lines like right. these, not pickup lines but these little interactions between yeah. these women and uh, he talks about soulmates and and he says he believes in soulmates and everyone has a certain amount of number and she says how many do i have and he says four and yeah she says how many do you have he says 1200 yeah so you know you get that cute little interaction I, I loved all the back and forth between andrew and domino at the end of the movie he's he's like i i do believe i was one of those four like they yeah. can't be together but he still thinks he was one and he goes and joseph is too like it's a really nice moment so even though you may have this certain number of soulmates you could connect with, it may not be feasible, right? Like, right. like on, on some level you may agree have the same sense of humor and have that physical attraction and think in the same ways about certain things. But like, if you don't have anywhere to live, like you said, like if there's no house, right. if there's no money to pay the bills, all that, all the love in the world, as you said, won't do anything, right? And yeah. so there may be another person that you're also just as compatible with, right? A, yeah. a quote-unquote soulmate. So Joseph may be one of them for her, and, and hopefully their marriage does work out. But I like the idea that there still was a connection. It wasn't like uh, they didn't go through some big fight and throw down and right. like, some things didn't work out, and they got back together. And, and I like that she ended up being with Joseph because it was the practical reason and I really like that she let him go find one of his other soulmates. Yeah. Right. Because if if they were to get together, it would have never worked. They would have been, they would have broken up within a year probably. Yeah. Because they would have had to figure stuff out. And and then it it stops being fun, right? Like yeah. it's not possibilities; it's reality, and that's very different. Yeah. So and let's and let us remember there is a daughter in play here, you know, and he's not a dad 
yet. He's not ready to take this on. Yeah. And I really yeah, like their so. relationship too. You know, uh, yeah, it's very sweet. It is yeah. very sweet. So she has a daughter who is autistic and Lola, Lola and played by Vanessa Burgart. And she really is autistic. Oh, is she that I read? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought she did a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought the actor yeah. did a great job. I really like their relationships together. I like uh, Andrew's relationships. I, a lot of it, he's very charming. He's very funny. But, you know, he does hide that bit of himself that's hurting and trying to search for who he is. And we end up seeing that in the film. You know, when he's not doing the party starting, he's trying to figure his stuff out. Yeah. And uh, I think he's really good at the dramatic stuff as well. But but you're right. You've, you've got this daughter. And as much as... As much as he's good at babysitting her, and um, we should say she's like a teenager. She's not really young, but still. I think um, she's supposed to be about 15. 15, okay. Well, because they say that like all these bar mitzvahs they're going to, that happens when you're 13. Oh, and she's a couple years old. And they say she's a couple years older, so that she's been held back a couple times. Okay, got it. So so they still, so even though she's 15, she's not like a real, real young daughter, but they still, you know, want to make sure someone's there if they're not at home. And so he's good at babysitting. He's good at playing board games. But like Sharia said, is he fit to take care of a stepchild like full time? I, you know, I, his point in his life without a job, without a house. Right. I mean, I think he's working on it. And how's he going to feel 10 years in? Yeah. Right. Like that's and, and, and I think that's the point she makes at the end of the movie is that, you know, if you do do this, you're going to first off do do second. <laughs> uh, there will come a point in your life where you'll you'll be resentful. And that's where she's at. I was going to say, in you 10 know. years from now, he's where she is. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, she she appears, he's 22. She's probably in her early 30s. I, I, I pegged her at, like, yeah, 32 to 35. Yeah. So she's yeah. a decade. So, yeah, 10 years in, is he going to feel trapped? Is he going to feel like, I missed out on my 20s, and I need to go out and party and find this kind of endless cycle? And, and yeah. that's the other thing, too, about people that are at different points in their life, you know, with any relationship. It's like... You want to generally, obviously, there's always exceptions, but you want different things when you're 20 than when you're 30 Mm -hmm. and when you're 40 compared to 30. That's why sometimes relationships with big gaps, they can work, but oftentimes they end up not working because the people are at two different points in their lives. Right. Well, especially at that, at those hyper developmental, right? Like, like if he was 42 and she was 52, that's much more manageable than 22 and 32, you know? Exactly. But he's still trying to figure his stuff out and find who he is. And in 10 years, that may be a very different person. Yeah. I think it's going to be right because he's working at Mr. Meat Stick and doing all this stuff. And now he's, he ends up at the end of the movie with like a real job and he's helping people. He's working at like a nonprofit organization. So like he's, he's getting a job, he's helping people and making a difference. You know, I think that he his life is going to have a very different trajectory now mm-hmm. than where if he just stayed at Mr. Meat Stick and party starting, right? Because yeah. we see him at these bar mitzvahs, and the first bar mitzvah that he goes to, he does a really great job because he just shows up and parties. He's just being goofy, and then it, he's not doing it for pay. Like he's yeah, just, and that and then that kind of it's not a it job jumps. that he has to think about or the right. details or here's when this part of the the you know he just sees a party that's failing and wants to fix yeah. it and yeah. and i like the also the you know how that lines up with the beginning of the movie when it opens we see him partying with his in college with his girlfriend and what kind of sets him off on this whole relationship searching thing is that his girlfriend is is going to barcelona to to go to grad school or whatever you know she's going to be doing after they graduate and he's like i want to go with you and she's just like come on you don't yeah. you don't have any plan like you're not going to follow me around like a puppy dog like, right i'm going to, to get my master's or whatever she's going to be studying there and you don't even know what your next thing right. is what are you going to do after school and yeah his only answer is follow you to barcelona so he's like i want to work and get the money to go to barcelona meanwhile he's checking social media and she's hanging out with new friends and one picture he's like who's that guy and then the next picture He's like carrying her piggyback or something. Right. Like it's progressively. He's like, wait a minute here. And then it's clear to him when he sees more pictures that they're in a relationship. So yeah. like she's moved on. She probably found someone that has a job and a career and all that. And he hasn't grown up yet. And they don't ever make it. I like that. They don't make it like this big throwdown fight. Like they leave with the possibility they may be together. Right. But the more you see of this character, you're right. like that. That's not gonna be. A it thing. can't work, yeah. right? And, and so I do. Like and she, that. he can't go with her. Like he, like he needs. He doesn't want to be a kept man. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think he was willing to be not not seeing it through that prism, but sure. that's what it would be. Yeah. And that, but that's what Domino would have been too. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. except she doesn't seem to have the means to keep him. But, right. but you know, like he he needs to go start his life. Yeah, exactly. So we see at that first bar mitzvah, he just starts the party. But he's also, you know, throughout the movie, he carries around this water bottle that's labeled vodka. And it really is all vodka. Yeah. And so it's, it's to, I think it's to make it clear to the audience. He says, like, he tries to get out and says, like, oh, it's a joke. It's it's water. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, we yeah. know it's vodka. But I think it was to make it clear throughout the film. So you're not questioning, well, was it water? Right. Or, you know, like, what was he drinking? Like, no, he's chugging down vodka. So this guy is a partier. Yeah. And that is great for starting parties. It's not great for running businesses and right. taking care of children and all that stuff. So we see him. He does a great job. And then all the moms are surrounding him. And they're like, we want you to be our party player because all these kids are going to be having bar mitzvahs in these circles. All the kids that visit them are going to be having their bar mitzvahs. And so they need someone to start the party. DJ Ron or whoever the DJ was was just playing music that no right. one liked. And all the people were at their tables. No one was on the dance floor. Uh, Andrew got them up and partying. So he decides, oh, I'm going to be a party planner and quit Mr. Meat Sticks. <laughs> Man, I felt kind of bad for Brad Garrett, but the the way that he kept dunking on him, like clearly Andrew didn't have much respect for yeah. Brad Garrett's character. And, you know, ultimately we find out that, you know, he's taking care of his mom, but he doesn't think she's happy. And uh, <laughs> he's like, what does he say? How much does a party planner pay? And he, say, he fires back with some line like, oh, I heard it's like it, just it, beneath a... A, a, like a soulless pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical ex- executive, executive right? Like and he's just like, "What'd you say to me?" It's these lines, but, are s- but like that's the thing that like it it sounds insult. I mean, it is insulting, but it's yeah. it, but it's like at the same time, it's like yeah, yeah. Who's whose roof you living under? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's like you know you can who's providing the food on this table right now? Right, like right. it's like you you can you can think that I'm awful all you want, but it sure doesn't stop you from eating the food. That I provide I know, and, and that that's I think that's the other self awareness at the beginning of the film. Andrew lacks. Yeah. He's not mature enough to understand that. Like he's Brad Garrett's character is kind of a stick in the mud. We yeah. see he's like he's not having fun with the rest of them. He's very serious. Every time someone says a curse word, he's very strict about yeah. don't say that. And he he's just he's just kind of a fuddy duddy. But the thing the thing is is that just because he's not living the way Andrew would like him to live doesn't mean that he's not living the way he would like to live. Sure. You know, and like there's a lot of that, like, right. Like that applies to these, these relationships as well, that it's like, just because you think that these are weird relationships, like that's not your judgment to make, right? Like that's, if if they're cool with it, that's ultimately all that matters in the same way, kind of the mirror image of that, even though it's dismissive of it at first is the relationship with him and Maisie, right? Like we're like, come on, she's adorable. She's age appropriate. And yeah, like, Maisie he, went to school with him and was yeah. a popular girl. Yeah. They, they didn't run in the same circles. And he, she's like, did you have a crush on me? And he was like, I figured you had a lot of, yeah, he's like, like, everyone had no, a crush. On yeah. You. There's yeah. no, there's no chance there. And, uh, and, and, you know, but it's a cute relationship and she basically didn't give him the time of day back then. Yeah. But they hook up and, and yeah, it's a, it's a cute relationship. Like you said, it's age appropriate. They seem- but but that's the thing, right? That's wish fulfillment for us. Yeah. Just because we think it makes sense, if it, if they don't think it makes sense, then it doesn't make sense. And clearly, the sparks were not flying. The right. scene where they hook up, right? You see them having sex. And it's <laughs> it's just, horrible. It's very provunct. <laughs> Perfunctory, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, and I thought again, I, I, I credit to this guy, and that's why I want to watch this other movie because he's writing this movie, and I think yeah. it's very funny. I love when she when he, he's like, well, "Do you want to have sex again?" She's like, "Oh no, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah very matter of fact, it, it's funny, like and, not even mean, just like no, 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 no it, that was it's yeah. fine. We did that, but no, there's no, no emotion in there. No, thank you. Yeah, just don't need to do it again. And the We're humor, good. that's where the humor is very that mumblecore type of feel where it's its not in a mean way and it's not played up like yuckety yuck, but it's a very funny line yeah. delivered the way that it is. And that's how a lot of the humor is throughout the film. But I like it when, she, when, when they're having sex and it's awful and then she looks at him and she's like why are you staring at me she's like close your eyes she's like they are closed and she's like they're, they were open i just saw them you're looking right at me i know and the whole time i was thinking well but then your eyes aren't closed or yeah. you wouldn't know that his eyes aren't closed yeah. so. i mean i think they're closed and she opened them for a second or something yeah. and then saw him like staring down and it's like your eyes have been open this whole time but <laughs> it was a very like real life just funny kind of thing but there was no chemistry there was no red hot passion there right they were hooking up 
to hook up and then it was like yeah we aren't compatible those two should never be together as much as we're like yeah it would be a you know relationship but again he wouldn't be happy i think that's another side of relationships we see is like yeah just because you're together with someone that's attractive and you have you know you have physical attraction they're the same age age as you maybe they're in the same part of life but what life is that it wouldn't be a happy life right? right so you're seeing kind of the other side of that so he starts working the party planning uh meanwhile one of the bar mitzvahs domino shows up and she has a miscarriage and gets blood on her dress. We don't know where she's been. And there's this this scene that's really, I mean, he's Andrew shows up looking for her and, and he's in the bathroom. And she's like, I'm in here. I got blood on my dress. And he thinks she's on her period. But she's like, I'm going to need a lot of paper towels and on all this. And so they have to get figure out a way that she can get out of the party without having anyone see her. And be asking her questions she doesn't want to draw any attention to what's right. happened obviously it's a horrible situation that's just happened and he comes up with this really clever sweet way is there's a t-shirt booth at the bar mitzvah and has them oh, they're like uh, the ones you get at six flags the spray painted type yeah. of templates with your name across them and you're thinking how is she going to get out of this how are they going to do this and they all four of them he his little brother her daughter and and her all walk out in these big long you know, flowing t-shirts. So it looks like they're together in a group. It's not weird for her to be singled out. Why are you wearing a a weird t-shirt? So it was a very sweet thing. And he ends up going over there and, and making sure the daughter gets to bed. All right. And they end up talking afterwards. And we find out that Joseph didn't even know she was pregnant, you know, and I kind of took that as she wasn't, I think because she's still in a place where she, even though they're engaged, I read it like she still wasn't even sure exactly if she was going to have the kid with him if she wanted to end up going through the marriage like i think she was so much trying to figure things out that she never even brought it up like do i even tell this guy am i going to keep the baby am i going to marry this guy i don't know what was your guys read on her not telling him well the uncertainty thing for sure but then that also but then like you know we already talked about that very early on it's like she's still trying to like i said like put things together so it would surprise me if like because she's already questioning so much of this marriage and you know she's obviously she, there there is some kind of a connection there between her and andrew so it, it, it doesn't surprise me like it was like i don't i'm not really sure about this yet also you have to understand that joe joseph's not really there a lot so yeah. she's having to take care of her daughter who you know she's a teenager but she's autistic and there's a lot of stuff going on on that end already which is not super great and then on the other hand you also have a new baby on the way but husbands, you know, the future husband's not really there a lot right now. So what, what happens in that scenario? It's like, can I handle that? Yeah. Or is he going to be there for, for me when I need, because I'm going to need that. Yeah. It's just her general ambivalence about the relationship. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I, that was another reason, another little clue that I read into of her. Not, I mean, usually in a healthy relationship, I mean, I know it doesn't always happen, but if you're engaged to someone, you're going to be married. There's not a lot of reason to hide being right. pregnant. And so her hiding it was another clue for me that she still wasn't quite sure in her own mind if she was going to go through with this marriage. Like there was no other really reason to hide it, but she ends up losing the baby and Andrew's there for her. And she ends up, you know, after they talk about it, she ends up jumping on top of him on the couch and yeah. starts making out with him. And to his credit, like Andrew is a 22 year old guy who's clearly attracted to her. I would see a lot of guys in that situation would just hook up. Right. But like, she's been through a lot and he actually realizes he's, he's the good guy in this situation. He's, he's like, I was in a very emotionally fragile state at yeah. that point. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost tantamount to being drunk in terms of like, are you taking advantage of this person in that moment? Yeah. She's so hurt. She's dealing yeah. with so much stuff that Andrew was there. And on top of that, he was very sweet and a great guy. Like he was doing the, perfect thing you could do to help yeah. her out and obviously that's very attractive and it's just like oh you're there for me i want someone i don't want to be alone um but the way that he takes it he's like i'm sorry i can't i i want to but i don't think you want to right and i thought that was a pretty cool you know it was different in this type of movie where it's like even though they've got this chemistry and he likes her he he said no and and realized like i don't know if you really want to do that let's think this through a little bit more and also you've been through this traumatic evening yeah agree so i like that but you know this really just sets them off on this series of we go to different bar mitzvahs he's doing the party planning but we see that he starts to have trouble at each one so uh at that one that with um where he helped her out that we just talked about they he had gotten into a fight with a kid because the kid was picking on her daughter right and he was like hey that's not cool and he wasn't like i mean he was 
Andrew was being pretty cool about it himself. He's just like, Hey, what are you doing? And he said, I'm picking on her. She's, you know, she was held back and, and she's taller and older than all of us. She and, shouldn't be here because she's too old. Yeah. And being really crappy. And so Andrew's just like, Hey, you, you don't want to do that. And he ends up saying like the most threatening thing he said at the end wasn't even like super aggressive, but he's like, you're just feeling bad. Like you're trying to make yourself feel like she can't beat you up. He's like, you can't beat me up. He's like, you know, who could beat you up for sure? And clearly him, yeah. but you know, but he doesn't say it. And then the dad walks over. What are you doing with my son? And this is the stereotypical thing. You know, everybody's kid's a little angel, right? What are you doing to my son? Oh, I'm just trying to make sure no one's being bullied. He's like, you need to get out of here. And then he's, and then there's this constant thing of, Oh, I can smell the alcohol in your breath. He's right. like, You've been drinking. And <laughs> before this, apparently he had played WAP at, the bar mitzvah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like when the the kid's mother you know comes up to start you know getting into this whole mix and he's like you just said that the rabbi had everyone wanted everyone to get their wet ass on the dance floor <laughs> like, the way she said it so matter of factly and and uh you know and it, it's a very comedic moment but also very tense so he gets into this this shuffle here. So he's starting to, he's drinking, he's trying to get these parties started, but he's constantly drinking in order to have a good time, which to me screams unhappiness. He thinks he needs yeah. alcohol to cover up you know, his unhappiness and to have a good time and to be able to do these parties. That's kind of this, this cycle that we get into of him trying to figure his stuff out. He's going on job interviews, trying to get a real job. Meanwhile, balancing this new relationship with the Dakota Johnson, trying to see if there's anything there. But he's at the parties and he's having problems. And jump ahead to the the big one was they were at the bar mitzvah and um, that little kid, they start picking on Lola. Lola. They, so he gives her, a, this is like kind of the climax yeah. of the movie. Like he gives her a magic cube, which is like, I guess, a form of a Rubik's cube. Like with she, seven sides or something. Yeah, it's that like she's a, like fixated on. That's one of her, yeah. you know. Mechanism, like coping mechanism, and it's cute. I should say, watch this movie because we can't do it justice because it's full of all these small little interactions. Yeah. But he basically says at the beginning, "I bet I can get Lola on the dance floor," and and Domino's like, "No, you can't." Like she knows her daughter; she doesn't dance and socialize with these things. She doesn't feel comfortable. He's like, "I bet you." She's like, "I'll give you a thousand dollars." Like you're going to give me a thousand dollars? She's like, "I." I'll, I'll bet you $300 that I can get her on the dance floor. And it ends up, he does. They dance all night. They have a great time. And that's where this little relationship starts. And, and you're questioning, well, could this work? They're really good together. Um, but we don't see it for a while. And then finally, he shows up and gives her the cube. Yeah. And then later at this bar mitzvah, we see them, three kids running around, taking it away. And that's when he's on the stage. And he's uh, simultaneously, he's like, he's doing the cha-cha slide, which is where the movie you know gets this title but yeah. he's trying to hold it together and do this dance he sees that happening and then he goes and starts chasing them down the little brother david and his friend actually who we had talked to before had said those kids are jerks and they're like i'm gonna beat him up someday well they do david david who's dealing with his own stuff there's so much going on in this movie david is trying to have his first kiss with a girl and is working on his own relationship he's a few years or not a few years he's 12 he's this age with the bar mitzvahs and he's trying to have his first kiss and he's right in the middle of that and he sees those kids being mean. So he drops, you know, unselfishly, he stops with, you know, with his girlfriend and goes to chase them down. And they start beating up these kids. And then Andrew sees it from the stage and jumps down. And then the parents show up and, and then his parents show up. and They're all chasing each other. And this big climax, punches are getting thrown. Did the dad punch Leslie Mann? Did he yeah, punch like his mom? Yeah, like he went to punch. Yes. He went to yeah. punch. Uh, Andrew and and miss and punch and punch the mom right in the face. Okay, it was it all happened really yeah. fast, and that's what I thought happened. I'm like, oh crap, the dad of the the yeah. jerk kid did it. Yeah, and then you and then, then Garrett steps right. In. Then you see the stepdad come in and like clocks that yeah. and just drops him like college algebra. Yeah, and I love how <laughs> you've got all these different things coming together because all these characters are trying to deal with their own stuff, and we're not so sure about Brad Garrett. Yes, he provides for them, but are they really happy? And, you know, so you question, would he stand up for these kids? And, yeah. and, you know, what he doesn't really do anything. He's kind of just there. There's a great moment in the car on the ride home when they're like singing his praises and the dad's like, no. 
And then he's got this smirk on his face like, yeah, yeah I can clock that dude. <laughs> yeah, because the little kid that wanted to fight the bully, he's like, man, I have never seen a right hook like that. Like, I mean, they were really yeah. going off on how great he was. And he starts smirking like, yeah, like, like, you know, and you start to see that's the first time you really see any life out of right. him. Like, and, you know, and it, and I like that because I feel like all this brought them closer together. Yeah. You know, the mom, uh, Leslie Mann's character is worried about her son and he's saying, I want to go chase someone in Barcelona. And, and, you know, they have that nice moment. She's like, you've never mentioned Barcelona. He's like, yes, it's a dream of mine. Okay. I think I would have heard of your dream <laughs> yeah. to go to Barcelona. Really funny. Again, great writing. They've kind of settled on, I'm not going to Barcelona. I'm going to figure my stuff out. The dad is there to protect his family and they're all closer together now. And the son, David, ended up having his first kiss, we find out. Everyone's kind of figuring their stuff out. And then, yeah, and it kind of ends up where, oh, and that's where the the Joseph, Domino's fiance, Joseph, he was at that party because of all the stuff that Domino and Andrew have been through. She wasn't going to show up at the next party. He had babysat the night before. They both came had home, came home drunk and obviously had a heated conversation. And I think Andrew was involved in it somehow. Whether or not she said anything happened with Andrew, I'm not exactly. Yeah, I really clear got the vibe. On. Yeah, he had been the topic of conversation. But he at clearly was the topic. Yeah. I don't know how much got left out, but you know, Andrew and Domino ended up hooked like making out a couple of times and I don't know if it came out but he was the topic and so clearly it was a a very awkward situation and so at this party where all this happens uh, Joseph brings Lola and so he's like where's Domino and she didn't want to come to the party well he doesn't believe that yeah he says is she okay and he knows obviously what had happened earlier in the film and he's like is she sick is she okay and he's like She's fine. She just didn't want to come. So after all this stuff goes down... He's... Well, and they had also told him at that point that he's his babysitting services would no longer be needed for Lola. Yeah, which yeah. is clearly a read on, like, someone put their foot down. Right. Like, and, and you don't know if it's a hostile thing yeah. or if it's, you know, whatever. But they have decided together after that conversation that he is not going to be involved in Lola's life anymore and not going to be around. So after the whole situation he borrows his mom's car and he's like yeah i've just got to do something i got to go see a friend it's fine and she's and the mom's like you okay to to drive and he's like yeah i'm fine and this is where i'm like oh god we're gonna get some kind of like a whiplash situation we're gonna get you know where he's gonna get an accident right he has been drinking and he's trying to get over there and i really was fearing for the worst so i i was i did not know what to expect but he rushes over there to see her and she opens the door she's like Andrew what are you doing and she's like are you okay and she's like yeah I just didn't want to go to the party so it's like that's another Joseph was telling the truth right he wasn't being a jerk about it we're maybe led to believe that he did something he locked her away he hurt her you know what is she doing why isn't she there right no she just didn't want to go to the party Um, so anyway they have this conversation this is the one where it it really uh, mirrors that first opening scene when him when he was 12 and the older woman he says he professes his love he says I love you you know and I want to be with you and this is again the refreshing conversation they have where she's just like what is that going to be you know how will this ever work and right you know she lets him down real gently and it's realistic it's it's heartbreaking for him but also I think we can recognize that these two and it's not going to work out. What right. will they do? All those things we talked about throughout the podcast. And so he's he's heartbroken, but you know he he goes, he walks away. Uh, Joseph pulls up, and so he's thinking this guy's going to come clock me or whatever. You know, he's I took it as like he's he's got to get out of there. He starts walking away, and Joseph tracks him down. He gets into his car to pull off, and he's like, "Roll the window down, roll the window down." And he's like, "It's, it's, it's great delivery here too, because he's stern but doesn't sound." mean Mm-mm. like right he doesn't it, it's not like it's threatening but he's just like well you just, don't know you're in, yeah you could read my head it either way gonna, but he's very matter of fact like don't be dumb just roll the window yeah, down yeah you know? yeah and, and again it's the way it's filmed yeah. filmed from like the driver's side through the window yeah it's filmed really locking onto andrew and he's gone through this really emotional thing where he's breaking down and yeah joseph finally once he does roll the window down andrew's like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just a dumb kid and then joseph's like no, hey, I want to thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking care of Lola. And and it's a really sweet moment where he's yeah. just, I mean, matter of fact, like, it's fine. He's not there to beat him up. He's not questioning, hey, why were you here? Like, I think at this point, all the characters are aware of what's going on. Like, right. he knows there's something not quite right with him babysitting and with Domino, but they've clearly talked about it and then they're going to get married and things are going to be fine. And so I figured that everyone was in a really good place at this point, other than Andrew, because he's just now learning of all this. Right. But, you know, and he's just like, hey, I get it. You know, this guy's a kid. He's trying to figure his stuff out. And he just 
protected my future stepdaughter. Right. That was cool. It was a nice moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so that's where it ends. He he gets the job working at that organization. So we see he's he's you know starting his life off and and start the first day of the rest of his life. Um, and he goes to pick up David at school and. Uh, uh, Domino is there to pick up her daughter and he gets in the car and, and, she, and they have a nice little moment kind of yeah. like just to, to wrap things up. And she's like, I wasn't sure if I'd ever see you again, but I got you this card and another cute moment. Where she's like, but I realized I don't have your address. I, I know nothing about I you. Know nothing about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a really cute, really fun moment. But she ends up giving him a card. He opens it at home and, and it's got some money in it, a few hundred dollars. I, I assumed it was supposed to be the $300 she owed him. And that's yeah. kind of what I figured. Yeah. In that, in that because it said spend it on yourself spend it on yourself yeah, yeah exactly and it was nice and and you know that's that's it. it it's like you know the character andrew obviously grew and learned some things but plot wise it's like there's not a ton going no. on yeah. but i really liked it i loved all these little moments and again i love the idea of people just figuring stuff out because we've all been there and, and all, almost all of us go through it with these exact things yeah these, life relation i mean life obviously but a part of life is relationships work going to school and and figuring all this stuff out so i i, I liked it i think cooper rafe is a charismatic dude uh i you know i i believed he was this person i believed he was andrew the way he right. wrote this character for himself you know it wasn't showy i heard some complaints online about some people thought like some people think it's kind of gross the whole writer director like actor like oh i wrote this part for myself to be the star of this movie oh. or whatever but and yeah, I right. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was good. I mean, like yeah, like I mean, we we started off this podcast talking about Matt Damon, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he wouldn't have a career if he didn't do that. True. So it's you know, like I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't yeah. get the complaint. Like it's especially like this movie cost about a buck and a quarter. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he wasn't it, riding himself into some hundred million dollars. Right. Like it's like yeah, he he created a showcase for himself. Like actors have been doing that since the beginning yeah. of time. Like I I yeah. just like I think I think it's more so when it's the writer director. Like and like I get that Damon wrote Goodwill Hunting with Ben it, Affleck. Would have directed it, if somebody would have let him. True. True. You but, know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't think it's. I mean. People are entitled to their opinion. I'm just saying he was good in this role. I yeah. liked the story he wrote. I thought it was funny and heartfelt. And, and nobody's he, going to write a role like this for him. And if they do, they're yeah. not going to give it to him. Right. They're going to give it to somebody that already. So he yeah. created an opportunity for himself. Yeah. That's that. That seems smart to me. Yeah. Like I don't. Good, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I mean, yeah. Like yeah. Performers have been doing that since the beginning of time. Like they're like, I can't get cast. And so then I'll go start a theater troupe. Yeah. Like that's. Gary Sinise, John Malkovich, yeah. you know, with their theater troupe, like that same thing. They, you know, they they went and I mean they weren't necessarily writing it, but they they created their own opportunities. Yeah. Like I, like, yeah, like that's if if you think that's a cheat, that's why you're not succeeding. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some of this was like inspired by moments of his life. Like I'm sure I would bet money on it like it's yeah, yeah i i would agree wholeheartedly which is part of why no one would ever write a role like this for yeah. him because it, yeah. it's it's for him and so he yeah yeah he's i think he's really good at writing these believable situations just the interactions the the everyday part of life it it felt real it didn't feel contrived it yeah. didn't feel like it was just I mean, certainly not Hollywood in this movie, but you know, it 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 felt believable, and he felt believable. So I, I think he did a great job all around. I'm I'm excited for what he saw next, and I definitely want to check out his last movie. If yeah. people really liked that one, I'm I'm uh you know yeah, I enjoyed this, and and I watched it with my wife, and she she dug it too. So. Awesome, Saria. What do you think? Final thoughts? Yeah, no, I really liked it. I mean, we talked about this earlier when you started off. It was like so many slice of life moments, and I'm a sucker for slice of life movies, like especially when good, because you're able to capture this sort of essence in there, especially if you've been through that sort of phase, you know. And there are moments in this where I think back to like not very long ago, but still the early twenties when you're trying to figure out some stuff, you know, and so much is changing that time, you know, like 10 years is one thing we were talking about between the age gap between these two over here. But I can think back to when I was like 18 to when I was 22, those four years, totally different people. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't, you know, I can't look at 18 year old and be, be like, 
yeah, that's exactly what I'm like even right now. Like, right. You know, like I've been, been through different experiences. Things have changed. So many questions have been asked. So I think Cooper Rafe did a great job as a writer, director, and an actor, of course. I thought Dakota Johnson complimented that really, really well. There was one thing, a couple of things that I thought were a little underdeveloped. Like there's one thing we didn't bring up. They go back to the fact that Leslie Mann, his mom, is bipolar. Yeah, she has some mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really go into that too much. I was yeah. uh, expecting it to pop up at some point. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of setup for that, and I thought that it would have a little bit more payoff. But I also think it, it kind of feeds into why she's okay with this relationship that they don't understand because of her mental health issues. Mm-hmm. She, You know, like he provides a stability for her. Yeah, that he, it's true. You know, and you know, here's the other thing: he's a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical executive, so like maybe he understands her struggle a little bit more mm. than you might give him credit for because of what he does for a living. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, at no point do you think he's a bad dude through the whole thing, right? It just he's just a bland. Uh, it dude. just seemed like that. Yeah, he, he, the kids want happiness for their mom, and they didn't see her as being truly happy, but. She also didn't seem unhappy, and he didn't seem like he was doing anything wrong. So just yeah. to be clear about they that. They just hadn't found that synergy yet, I think. Yeah. And then eventually, when the clocking moment happens, it's like, okay, there's a guy. That was exactly. Now. That was a cute moment <laughs> where everyone was in tune. At dinner, at all those different scenes at the house, you never saw them all operating as a unit. That, right. And, you know, and you never saw that. And they all came together in that scene, and it's exactly what they needed. So it was really a neat. And it takes a while for a, a blended family to yeah. start to function as a unit. Like, yeah. that does doesn't you don't just flip a switch and have that work it it takes a while so True. and you know it, if you like mumblecore stuff i know people talk about movies all the time but there's a I, I don't hear it getting a lot of ever got a lot of talk but there's a show on netflix called easy okay and it's from joe yeah. swanberg and that show is great okay like i cannot recommend it highly enough but it's it's mumblecore and it's yeah. like an anthology show but then sometimes it starts to interconnect. Okay. And it's, um, I've heard of it, but I haven't, I yeah. haven't seen it. He's, he and the Duplass brothers are the big mumble core. Yeah, and that show's really good. I, w- I, 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 you know, I wish it got more heat. I wish people talked about it more. It's, yeah. it's okay. totally worth checking out. So. Awesome. But, uh, well, anyway, uh, I guess that's it for this one. Uh, let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them, Sharia. Hey, uh, so yeah, you're back to you. Nah, let me start that again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shara Chavla with an underscore at the beginning. Or you can find me on YouTube under the same exact name. That's where I usually do most of my stuff. So I hope to see you all there. Awesome. And this is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course... Don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoiler. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Benjamin stops Elaine's wedding. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out. It's going to ruin the plot. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.